We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I'm going to talk about this accusation that's coming out of the progressive left, the media, as well as the Democrat Party, that all Republicans are terrorists. By definition, if you're a conservative Republican, whether you're a Trumper or not, you are a suspected terrorist. I talked about it last week, but I want to circle back and double down. This is very important. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you for listening into the show. All right. What I want to talk about today is this story that I ended last week with, and that's this accusation that's coming out of the mainstream media as well as the Democrat Party. And it's not just one or two crazies saying it. This is coming from multiple different sources. Talking heads in the mainstream media, as well as their puppets, or it may be the other way around. We don't even know anymore. Who's the puppet and who is the puppeteer? Is the Democrat Party the puppeteer pulling the strings of the media? Or is the media the puppeteer pulling the strings of the Democrat Party and the progressive left? I don't know. It's hand in glove. But what I do know is what they're saying is incredibly dangerous right now. Because they have actually stooped to the level of calling anyone that disagrees with them politically, socially, morally, economically, a suspected terrorist. If you are a proud member of the opposition party, i.e. a Republican, you are now a suspected terrorist. And they're saying it openly and repeatedly on the news in the media, social media, and mainstream media. They're saying it. You, you are a suspected terrorist if you're a Republican. And oh my land, oh my land, if you say anything positive about Trump, then you need to be locked up because you are equal to, if not worse than, the Taliban. They're really saying this. I'm not exaggerating. This is not hyperbolic. They are actually saying this. And I want you to listen to the quotes again. I shared them with you last week. But I want you to listen again. This is exactly what they're saying. And we have to step forward and confront this for what it is. Literal nonsense, for it makes no sense. It's, it, it, they don't understand the elementary principles of Socratic logic. They need to go back to freshman level high school at least Maybe, maybe they didn't hear this stuff until they were in college. But either way, they need to recognize that you can't call people names and claim that that's a good defense of your position. You don't shoot the messenger. You confront the message. Deal with the message. Don't shoot the messenger. I mean, this is an age-old Socratic um, tidbit of wisdom here. It goes back to Socrates. It goes back to the elementary principles of logic. So... That's today's show. I want to talk about that. But before we take a break, I want to remind you of something else. Um, this, this show is airing on Monday. Tomorrow is the runoff election. 
August 23rd, Tuesday, August 23rd here in Oklahoma, is the runoff election across the state. You have some very important races in play. You have the Senate race between T.W. Shannon and Mark Wayne Mullen. You have the labor commissioner race. You have the superintendent for public instruction race. And you have my race, the county commissioner race, here in the first district of Osage County. There are other races in play, too. You have the congressional race in the second district. Now, I want to remind you, and I'm going to tell you who I'm voting for right now. Some of you may agree. Some of you may disagree. If I, if I lived in the second district, which I don't, I would definitely vote for Josh Burkeen over, over Avery Fricks. Josh Burkeen's voting record when he was a state senator is reliably and consistently conservative. Avery Fricks, not so much. Just look at the conservative report cards. Josh Burkeen is more conservative than Avery Fricks on every conservative report card. Now, there's another thing in play right now. Avery Fricks has hired a campaign manager that is playing dirty. They're lying about Josh Burkeen's record. They're accusing him of being against the Electoral College. That is simply not true. And don't tell me that Avery Fricks can't stop that because it's dark money and somebody else has put out that commercial and Avery Fricks has nothing to do with it. He could come forward right now and disavow that and say that's unfair, that's untrue. What they're saying about Josh Burkeen is a lie. But because he has not done that, he is aligned with that. And he knows very well that his campaign manager is promoting that. So I do not support Avery Fricks because they're lying about Josh Burkeen and this electoral college thing. I've had multiple people that listen to this show and otherwise ask me, is that true? Did Josh Burkeen vote against the electoral college when he was a state senator? No. What he did is he had an open discussion with regard to how to combine our electoral votes with neighboring states such as Kansas or Arkansas, and therefore leverage the electoral votes that we have to a greater extent. But then he realized that that was probably a bad idea, and he shouldn't have voted for that. And therefore, he retracted that, and he issued a statement immediately thereafter in the Muskogee newspaper saying why he felt his vote in favor of that leveraging of our electoral college votes was a mistake. Now I ask you this, have you ever made a mistake? Have you ever said that you thought something was a good idea and then realized after you learned more that it was a bad idea and you retracted that that, um, that statement? You rescinded your previous views and you made it clear that you were wrong. Well, if you say no, you've never done that, then I would argue you're, you're a little delusional. We've all done that. And because Josh Burkeen has been honest about this, it elevates him, in my opinion, rather than diminishes him. So Josh Burkeen is the guy. He has Tom Coburn's DNA coursing through his veins. He learned from the master. Vote for Josh Burkeen. With regard to superintendent for public instruction, I've made my point very clear. You, you must vote for Ryan Walters if you, if you want to. If there's any hope for Oklahoma public education, it's Ryan Walters. April Grace, no way. Anybody who is endorsed by the teachers' unions, run. Run the other direction. April Grace is. There's a reason that Ryan Walters is not endorsed by the teachers' unions, and that's because he's a good man with good ideas, and he's got spine and courage, and he's confronting the nonsense 
the propaganda that has become part and parcel of the curriculum of your public schools. Um, Labor Commissioner Sean Roberts, no question. Don't believe the nonsense about uh, what they're saying about his I get, his previous marriage, his the this divorce that he had long ago, some twenty years ago. Uh, his the wife from that particular uh, marriage has come out and supported Sean Roberts. So don't believe the nonsense that his opponent. This is the politics of personal destruction, and you should run the other way when anybody plays that card. Um, Senate race, T.W. Shannon, Mark Wayne Mullen. Uh, people are on both sides of the fence on this one. I'm I'm voting for T.W. Um, I think both of these guys are going to be reliably conservative. Uh, I'm not too sure whether either one of them is going to be an anti-swamp conservative, but I'm going to vote for T.W. and hope that what he's been saying in public forums like CPAC and whatnot is what he'll hold to. So I'm going with T.W. Shannon on that Senate race. And then, of course, don't forget to get out and vote tomorrow, uh, August 23rd, Tuesday. And if you live in Osage County, District 1, please consider my candidacy for county commissioner. Obviously, I'd like to um, uh, give everybody their money's worth in terms of those that have supported me financially, as well as those who have been supporting me on the ground. I've got lots of volunteers that have been going door to door. I uh, have lots of people that have been part of this campaign, and that's the, the fun part. It has become their campaign, not mine. So let's get out and vote and support those people that want to see, see change in the county leadership here in Osage County, specifically District 1. So I'm going to take a break, and when we get back, I want to talk about this this craziness of the left, the progressives, uh, these people that are anti-conservative, anti-traditional, anti-constitutionalist party, anti-personal freedom. They're anti-Republican because the Republicans are suspected terrorists. You're the worst of the worst worldwide. They've never seen anything as bad as you. That's what they're saying anyway. I'm Dr. Everett Piper. And this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. So uh, I want to re revisit the story from last week. It, there were multiple sources, and I don't have time to get into all of them. But one of them was from the Financial Times, associate editor, editor of the Financial Times. His name is Edward Luce, L-U-C-E. And he tweeted this, so he put it out there for all the world to see, that Republicans are the, quote, most dangerous, close quote, political force in the world, bar none. That's what he said. If you're a Republican, you are the most dangerous political force in the world. This is his exact quote, and I'm reading it right now from his Twitter feed. I've covered extremism and violent ideologies around the world. I have never come across a political force more nihilistic, dangerous, and contemptible than today's Republicans. Nothing close. All right, that's what he said. And the former CIA director, Michael Hayden, chimed in immediately on that tweet and said, I agree. Quote, so you have the Taliban and other terrorist uh, organizations cutting off Christians' heads. You have these terrorist regimes raping 10-year-old girls. 
You have North Korea, which squashes any modicum of human freedom to the point of starving its own population. You have Red China enslaving the Uyghurs and trafficking in human organs. In other words, they're taking kidneys. They're, they're actually taking organs out of adult human beings and selling them on the open market to the highest bidder. You have Russia invading Ukraine and all of the atrocities therein. You have Cuba. No human freedom in Cuba. It's still a communist regime, I might want to remind you. And this guy, Edward Luce, says that he has covered extremism and violent ideologies around the world, and he's never come across a political force more nihilistic and dangerous and contemptible than you if you're a Republican. You're worse than the Taliban. You're worse than North Korea, Red China, Russia, Cuba. You're worse than Iran and Iraq. You're worse than Cambodia or Vietnam. You're the worst. You're the worst if you're a Republican. You're the most dangerous and contemptible thing that he's ever come across. And the CIA director, former CIA director, Michael Hayden, says he agrees. Does that bother you? And then during the same week, Democrat advisor Kurt Bardella called all Republicans a domestic terrorist cell. He said that on MSNBC's, uh, I can't remember the name of the show, but Tiffany Cross was the guest host of that show at the time. And she chimed in and said that she saw no distinction between Republicans and right-wing extremists. That's her quote. And then Peter Weiner, a contributing writer for The Atlantic, he likened the Republican Party to a dagger pointed at the throat of, of American democracy. That's his quote. And this was all happening while the current FBI director, Christopher Wray, was testifying before the Senate. And Ted Cruz had to grill him and ask him why he felt, why you, director of the FBI, Christopher Wray, why do you think flying a historic American flag like the Gadsden flag, the don't tread on me flag, why has that been put on your list, Director Ray, FBI Director Ray? Why is the FBI now citing people that flight, fly, excuse me, fly that flag as being suspected violent extremists? Why? I mean, this is what they're saying pervasively. And it's been going on for years. It started in the Obama administration. Janet Reno, when she put out her list of things that would lead you to conclude that somebody might be a suspected terrorist, I mean, they started talking about this kind of stuff back then and putting you on a watch list. All right. This, uh, my summary of this is, can you hear George Orwell's ghost laughing right now? I mean, You've got a group of Democrats that hold power, and they're now defining all of their opposition, i.e. Republicans, as being right-wing extremists and a threat to American democracy. <laughs> the power base is defining all those without power as being a threat to their power. That's what that boils down to. And by the way, what is a right-wing extremist? I'm just curious. Is it someone who advocates for pro-life? Is it someone who believes in traditional standards of sexual morality? 
Are you a right-winger if you believe in lower taxes? Are you an extremist if you dare to call for some debate on this environmental policy, this Green New Deal? If you disagree with AOC, are you an extremist now? Are you a threat to American democracy if you think enforcing our borders is actually good for America? That you can't have America if America isn't defined by American borders. If you say that, are you an extremist? Are, are, are you one of these nihilistic and dangerous and contemptible people who is holding a dagger at America's throat if you believe in school choice and the self-evident uh, reality of parents' rights, that they're your kids, they're not the government's kids, and that you can educate your son or your daughter the way you see fit? Uh, if you believe that, and if you'd like your money that you've paid into the system to be used to educate your kid your way. In other words, if you want your dollars to pay for a school, whether it be a public school, a private school, uh, or a homeschooling situation, if you want your dollars to follow your kid so that your son and your daughter is educated in your values, are you an extremist now? It, this, this is crazy talk. It, it, it's a bit convenient isn't it that Big Brother has decided that all Americans with a Republican bumper sticker on your car are guilty of propaganda and terrorism? You're the one that's peddling propaganda rather than these obedient parrots that are peddling this nonsense of George Soros that everybody who agrees, excuse me, disagrees with Soros and his lemmings is somehow a security risk? And what about the smart folks on the left, these folks that thoughtlessly embrace critical race theory? Are they a security risk? I mean, they're actually tearing down the fabric of our culture, and they're claiming that America is evil, not good, that our borders don't matter, and that our history is systemically evil, bad, racist. And if you disagree with that, all they do is turn the tables and call you bad names. How about the endless printing of their monopoly money and the consequent degrading of U.S. currency? Is that a security risk? Does, does that impede American democracy to tear down our economy so that you can't afford to buy food or gas or diesel fuel and farming becomes almost impossible because they can't, they can't afford to even grow the food that you and I have enjoyed, the breadbasket of the world is now being compromised because of these stupid policies? Is the fact that I'm saying that on this show, does that make me a security risk, suspect, that I'm a deplorable, I I need to be silenced, I need to be canceled, I need to be watched? How about the embrace of the open neo-Marxism of Black Lives Matter. They're saying it. The BLM leaders are saying that they are trained Marxist. How about that? Is that a security risk? Does that endanger our freedom? How about the infatuation of sexual nihilism of the left? America's women and children feel a lot more secure, don't they, in the face of that lunacy? And back to the climate change stuff and green economics. I mean, this is almost a religious zeal for pantheism. I mean, they're embracing the planet over people, my land, as if the planet is a living, breathing organism, but a 
baby is not. You can kill the baby, but heaven forbid that you have too many cows on your farm because you're compromising the planet. I mean, this is a this is what I've called goreism, algorism. It's a pantheism of sorts. Does does their blind loyalty to this false religion compromise our national security? Does it help us or hurt us? And 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 finally, I mean, I could go on and on, but let's consider this postmodern aversion that they have for any debate, any robust debate or disagreement concerning anything and everything that I've just said. This intellectual foreclosure, this closed mind, this temper tantrum where they plug their ears and they just say, no, 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 I don't want to hear you. Is that not nihilistic and extreme to behave that way? Is that the adult way to engage in in the exchange of ideas. And here's a here's another question. How about this ad hominem attack that they consistently employ, where they call 50% of the American people bad names, derogatory names? Yeah, you're deplorable. You're a rube. You're the problem. Uh, you're a Republican. I mean, like I said, this is a this ignores the elementary principles of Socratic logic. And I would argue. Ignoring that is a bit dangerous, isn't it? Do you feel more secure knowing that some bureaucrat or politician at the highest levels of political power can pigeonhole you and anybody else who holds a conservative worldview as a compromise to national security? Does that make you feel good or does it make you feel like something's wrong? Like you're living in Orwell's novel, 1984, where good is evil and evil is good. Actually, Orwell takes that spinning of up equaling down and down equaling up, white equaling black and black equaling white, bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. It comes from the prophet Isaiah, the reversing of definitions. I mean, do do you think that we have greater national security when we now call 50% of the American people a security risk simply because they don't agree with your economics or your sexual morality? I mean, please, How about this? Do you feel safe knowing that this sleight of hand, this rhetorical, tactical sleight of hand is actually accompanied by a straight face? Or maybe it's not a straight face after all. Maybe it's just a sly grin because they know what they're doing. This is a betrayal of what I've called classical liberalism. And I'm not the only one. Other people call it the same thing. Again, classical liberalism stood for liberty. A liberal arts education, a liberal arts college was an education in a free society, a free people, a free man, a free woman, a free church, a free government, a free country, freedom, liberty, thus the word liberal. That was classical liberalism. But they've betrayed it. They've completely betrayed it. And it's incredible that they say that. It's literally incredible. What do, I, what do I mean by that? Well, I mean it in the technical sense of the word. It, it's a worn-out political tack, attack, and it, it, it that lacks any credibility. Let me put it that way. It's a political attack that lacks any credibility. Why do I say that? Well, look at it this way. Our nation's political class and their obedient media lapdogs, they make no sense. I mean, they're disregarding any elementary understanding of freshman-level logic. It's, it's rhetoric and that's foolish. 
And when they get caught on the horns of this duplicitous dilemma, their only reaction is to shoot the messenger and ignore the message. All Republicans are right-wingers. Anyone who disagrees with us is a security risk, a deplorable, and a thoughtless rube. That's what they're saying, and they've said it over and over again. This is narcissistic, navel-gazing nonsense. It lacks any credibility. It's simply incredible. So in the technical sense of the word, when I say this is simply incredible, it's incredible. It lacks credibility. It's nonsense. It's a fallacy. It's a lie. Here's my point. A free society is defined by the free exchange of ideas. If you don't have the free exchange of ideas, if you're just going to shoot the messenger every time you don't like the message, that's not freedom. So a free society that remains silent when George Orwell's 1984 is unfolding before its very eyes will not remain free. We've got a nation of elites right now that are hell-bent on completely restructuring the social, political, economic, and moral, ecclesiastical, ontological, epistemological context of our country. The ideological base and foundation of who we are as a nation is completely being deconstructed so that they can build something else up out of the ashes. And, and in their zeal, their zany zeal to do this, they're labeling anyone who challenges them dangerous, contemptible, and a suspected terrorist. Their language, not mine. Okay? I'm going to close with this quote that I've used before on other shows. It's said that it's Dietrich Bonhoeffer's, but some folks say that this is spurious, so I acknowledge that. But for the sake of argument, let's just close with this. Dietrich Bonhoeffer once warned us that silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Half of the American people have just been told that we are domestic terrorists, that we are dangerous and contemptible, that we are a domestic terrorist cell. Their language, not mine. So I'm going to challenge you right now as we close this show. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Silence in the face of this oligarchical power grab is complicity in our own demise, as well as that of our countries. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. Close quote. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Remember that. Remember that as you're confronted with this nonsense. And here's the thing. If you're afraid to speak up, if you're afraid to post anything on Facebook for fear of being put on a watch list, doesn't that prove my point? Doesn't that prove that freedom is lost? If you're actually afraid to post this podcast out there in your social media. Think about it. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.